Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Profit Productivity Podcast. It's your host, Michael Tipper. Who else would it be? Now, today started with my morning routine. So if you've been around for a couple of weeks, you'll know that the morning routine that I would been grinding out for the best part of last year screeched to a halt and was interrupted for a couple of weeks, and I got out of the habit quite quickly. Um, well, I am now a recovering morning routine person. It's getting better. So this morning, I quite happily did my uh, form of meditation, my yoga, Wim Hof breathing exercises, some press-ups, some ab exercises, and I got into the cold shower again. Um, not the full hardcore version I was doing before I had the interruption, but it's still a good quality morning routine. And I mentioned this a couple of days ago in one of the episodes where I talked about was I too hardcore? Was it too much? Was it, is it my body going, and my brain going, oh, go easy on us? Or am I just being a bit of a wimp at the moment when I had a bit of a difficult time? Not quite sure what it is. But it does raise the question of maybe having a bronze, silver, and gold standard to anything that you do on a regular basis. So I think what happened is I'd set it up so that uh, it was such a big thing. When I was uh, faltering, it was easier not to. Um, and maybe getting this concept of having a bronze standard, a silver standard, and a gold standard, such that the bronze is the minimum I'll let myself get away with. That might just be five minutes meditation, five minutes yoga, a quick dip in the shower, and a couple of press-ups. But at least I've done something. And in fact, when I first started my morning routine, that's how it began. I just got up and did five press-ups. I could do five press-ups and then I slowly built it up over time until the peak of the press-ups I was doing at one point, 160 in four lots of 40. Um, and I built up to that. So having that bronze standard so that at least you have done an aspect of the morning routine and especially if you don't feel like it. And sometimes, and I found this when I have, a, when I have tried this approach with other behaviours, is if you just do the minimum, sometimes it's, if you know that you're just going to get up and oh, I'm only going to do the minimum. But once you get going, all of a sudden, because you started, actually it'll push you through to do what you would normally do anyway. So it's a bit of a mind trick that you can play with yourself to to get yourself to do something that you know is going to be good for you, although sometimes it feels like you'd rather not. Um, so that has worked for me in the past. And then the silver and the gold standard, um, setting those uh, standards. You may, you may never even need to use a silver standard because you either go just do the bronze or if you get to silver, you might as well do the gold as um, uh, seeing as that you're there. It's a, it's a way of tricking the mind into doing it and it has worked really well for me. And I wonder when I've got to do that. Um, I'm going to ponder on that for a few days because... I was able to sustain quite a good morning routine for a significant amount of time last year. So maybe I can get back into that. Maybe I don't need a bronze, silver, gold. But interestingly enough, as a concept, I'm just putting together a coaching package. I'm working with a student, helping them become even better as a student over a period of time. And some of the approaches that I'll be sharing with them um, can be quite hardcore. But just doing the basics really helps and then if you want to go to outlandishly amazing abilities in terms of learning if you do the gold standard then you're going to um, get to those levels but sometimes that takes quite a bit of effort so having the shades of gray from um, doing a small bit to doing a big bit actually will help people at least access the behaviors so uh, that bronze silver gold re has been resonated with me for at least 24 to 48 hours so today continues me working on my positive intelligence quotient with um shizad Shamin. um 
and I have been monitoring my approach to it. So this week's all about getting this self-command, this self-control, the ability to switch the mind from the saboteurs who take over and put you into the fear-based emotions into the sage, which is a, a much calmer, much more relaxed, much more happier place to be. And this week has been about looking at using breath work, using touch work, using sound work and using visual work as a way of focusing the attention in order to just distract the energy from the bad parts of the brain, to use a very crude analogy. So as I've been monitoring that, I think the best thing that works for me um, has been the breath, uh, just focusing on my breathing, mainly because I've done a lot of yoga, a lot of martial arts, done a lot of tai chi, and there's a lot of breath work in that. And so I'm used to monitoring my breath. But I think um, now we're like four days into this approach, this approach, and I'm using a fabulous app that's got gamification and everything that's really informing and shaping my behaviors. Uh, I'm starting to notice little, little dinks in the armor, um, little, uh, little sort of falling short a little bit, or not quite, not quite tuning in. It's been really, really subtle. And I know in the past when I've embraced on a new development opportunity, whether that be a training course, whether that be developing a new skill, that I start off with a lot of gusto. I'm very enthusiastic. I put a lot of energy into it. Then all of a sudden, little things start to, I'm not quite so enthusiastic. Or I don't quite do as much. Then I get distracted. All of a sudden, it is over. And it's interesting to see this early on aspects of that. And I think it's because the program's forcing me to become aware of these sabotage, saboteurs, saboteurs, saboteurs who are sabotaging um, the way I do things, my behavior, to create the challenges I sometimes face. So it's quite interesting to see that, and I'm pleased that I've been able to pick that up. And where that's manifested is that every day we get four exercises to do, and there's only a, a particular shelf life when they're available to you. And the idea is to get you to do the exercises at the time so that you don't sort of just get to the end of the day and just sort of block do them. The idea is to do them at timed points in the day because that's the value of them is to do these exercises where you get into a mindful state um, frequently through the day to maintain a level of calm and level of relaxation and restfulness in the brain uh, throughout the day. And so um, there's a time limit to them. And this morning um, at five to nine, I suddenly realized I hadn't done the first one. So I had to rush and get this. Now, so far this week, I've been doing it absolutely on time. And then again this evening, um, just before six o'clock, uh, which is when the, the, the last one was going to expire, um, I suddenly realized five minutes beforehand and then went into the exercise. And I wonder if that's the saboteurs sabotaging me. But what was interesting to know was that I was also quite quite driven by the fear of missing out. Because every time I do one of these scheduled exercises, I get a little score. Um, my little score in the in the app goes up. So there's this fear of missing this little bit of dopamine hit. So that was quite interesting to watch there. And that sort of ties in with the um, when I talked yesterday about the formulation of long-term habits. So this concept of time, um, because these exercises do take a little bit of time, albeit very, very short, uh, two minutes or so, um, two or three times during the day. Although there are options to extend that by use, doing either a, uh, a three, five or 12 minute exercise. And so I went for a walk today and did uh, one of the 12 minute walking uh, mindfulness meditations. 
What was interesting, though, was I had a bit of a mental, uh, emotional tussle with myself about, oh, should I go for a walk? Uh, because it was mid-morning. And now, if you've listened to this uh, podcast, you'll know last year, mid-morning was my walk time. That was part of my habit. Um, but because I'd been drawn into working a little bit harder than I have been used to, there's this sort of pace and this frenetic energy in my in my being that wants to keep working because I feel that's how I'm going to deal with the challenges that uh, the current situation that we find ourselves in uh, are presenting to me. And so there's this element of, oh, I can't stop. I've got to keep going. And ironically, the keeping going means at some point I'm just going to fall flat on my face. I won't, I won't be able to even go, never mind keep going. And so it was quite interesting noticing, noticing that tussle inside of me. But I realized that when this was happening, I started to sense the dis-ease in my body. I started to feel the conflict. I started to feel the, the restlessness about the decision. So I just pulled out one of the PQ rep exercises. I think it was rubbing my finger and my thumb together and then just noticing. And I'm just doing it now. And I don't know if you notice how the... Uh, um, the pace and the volume and the energy of my voice changed just by doing that. It's amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing the impact that, that has. So doing that at the time I had that restless, restlessness eased the mental tension around the idea of me or, or eased the resistance about me just going out for a walk. So I went out for a walk and uh, did the mindfulness exercise with my eyes open, of course, otherwise it's dangerous. And what was interesting to note was the exercise actually gets you to focus on what you can see, getting clear what you can see, the shapes, the colours, the, te the, the textures that you can see. Then it draws yourself into your body to start noticing how your weight is being distributed across your foot as you take the paces and how your legs, uh, the muscles in your legs, um, expand and contract or tense and release and the weight shift as you move forward. Um, and it was really interesting that as I was doing this, I started noticing I was walking slower. I suppose in the same way that if I rub my fingers and my thumb again, and I start to speak a little bit slower. So that was quite an interesting um, thing to watch today. And I think when it comes to productivity, the ability to be able to take breaks, both physical breaks and mental breaks. And that's not just about stopping what you're doing, but having that ability is really important. But it is more than just stopping, actually doing something to calm the restlessness that you might be having. If, if, if there's some angst about the, uh, the, the stress or the pressure of the work that you're doing, having the ability to shift the energy from the part of the brain that is giving those fear-based emotions to a part of the brain that is more calming, more creative, more uh, settling is a skill that I think is vital for productivity. And I'm certainly seeing the benefits of it in myself. And in fact, what is what has been quite interesting is the realization of just how hyper I may have been before when I thought I was maybe being measured. Actually, I probably wasn't. And it'd be interesting to go back and listen to some of the previous episodes to see if I can spot how my voice tonality, the pace, the tension, the timbre of the of the voice has changed or has changed over times where I might have been in different emotional states. So it's been quite interesting to watch that. And that realization is uh, is very useful 
um, for me. What uh, I was just feeding back to other members of my um, PQ pod, my f- f- three friends who are doing this with me, three colleagues who are doing this with me. And one of the things that has been really surprising to me, having done mindfulness before, because one of the questions asked was, oh, look, I've done mindfulness before, what's different? And I think the difference for me is that I've previously done the long-form version of mindfulness, which is basically a 30-minute exercise, a 20-minute exercise, um, and tended to focus on those. Now, there are the mindfulness I did do did have like a 60-second exercise as well, um, the six-breath exercise that you, uh, that you can do. But I always, I always thought that more was better. And what's been quite clear about today and, uh, well, this week, is that it just requires the right amount of focus and you can shift what can be quite a significant emotionally draining experience, um, fear-based emotions. You can turn that into something that dissipates all that energy. So it's been quite interesting. So that's the PQ stuff that's been going on today. Um, in terms of the work I've been doing, I'm working with a new coaching client. Um, again, I'm reinvigorating, revitalizing the study skills work that uh, was the start of my uh, developmental career when I left the Navy all those years ago and helping a student develop their skills to be able to learn. And so what I've been doing is uh, mapping out the journey that we'll be taking together um, the overarching strategy is in place, uh, but I've been looking at what does the first session look like. And I find it really useful to just plan my thoughts on paper using a mind map and just scope out what are the possibilities for this first session. I usually find myself overfilling these things. Um, but, and that's really an example of divergent thinking. So the moment I've, I put all these ideas about the first session, what I could talk about, what I should talk about, what the options are, where that might lead, what that might look like, and created this mass of, of, of ideas and structure. And now what I'm doing is having diverged with all sorts of options, I'm now converging by t- uh, focusing it down onto the actual tangibles that I'll be focusing on. So I've used a big piece of flip chart paper to do my divergent thinking. Then I've shifted to a smaller A4 page size to do my convergent thinking as I focus in onto the specifics that I will actually focus on in the session. I've got a 60-minute session. I've got to make sure that I provide it with sufficient content to give context, but also sufficient action to create the necessary behaviours I want my client to walk away with from at the end that they'll then work on over next week. So it's quite interesting to uh, watch me do that. And it's a strategy that I would highly recommend. Um, We often look for the right answer immediately and assume that the first answer because it's the first answer, is the right answer. Sometimes it might be. But I think what we often tend to default to is the system one thinking, which is the obvious, immediate, no thought necessary type responses, when often the the real gems, the pearls, the wisdom comes from the much deeper system two level thinking. 
And what I have done is use the big piece of paper to develop my system to come up with all different ideas. And now I'm honing that down, maybe using system one, because really all I'm doing is just cutting and pasting the bits that I want from that onto the smaller piece of paper. So today's been a really good day. I've uh, made a lot of progress and I'm really happy with the way things are going with this new project that I'm working on. And it really is helping me. Um, by doing the PQ exercises and uh, it's one of those things where you look at it and I, I, I came across that by pure chance because someone recommended it to me and I'm so glad they did because I think it's making a real difference. So that's today's episode. Until tomorrow.